0: Do you want financial freedom from your everyday nine to five? Do you want to learn how to flip, rent, sell, and market homes in your area? Let the tricksters of the real estate market help you. They always have another trick up their sleeve when it comes to getting a deal. Your host, Tim Melton and Travis Mercer. Uh, good morning. Tim and Travis here. Talk number seven. We're going to be referring back to uh, talk number five that we completed back in February where we told you that we had some projects that were underway. Well, those projects uh, over the past several months have been completed. Uh, and i um, really, really happy with the way they turned out. So we just wanted to discuss those because a lot of times, you know, you hear all of these uh, podcasts and you hear people talk about things that, you know, are just too good to be true. And you don't really ever uh, hear those people saying, well, no, I did this. I actually did this. You know, if, if you ever see a podcast with us or a video with us, you know, we're in the properties that we're actually selling. These are not props. So um, we were working on some projects and uh, back in February, these projects have now come to fruition. So we just kind of want to run over the uh, summary of all of those projects. Um, Travis was building a new house in a neighborhood that he bought an old house, did a knockdown. Charlotte Real Estate's really booming right now. I purchased a renovation in a very popular part of uh, Charlotte Market in the South Park area. Uh, that project is completed. And then I, uh, referring back to even uh, talk four, when we talk about land entitlement and how to increase the value of the dirt, uh, we just completed our Ballantine project called Breton and uh, sold that out. So just in a summary, and you can go back to those earlier talks, I think talk four and talk five is where we discussed most of, the, most of this. But in talk uh, five, we were, we were discussing a land deal that um, we were able to purchase from the Forfeited Land Commission, just happened to be over the Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, Lancaster County, South Carolina border. So it was in South Carolina. South Carolina If you don't pay your taxes, the municipality will create a certificate and they'll sell that certificate off to an investor because the municipality wants their money to put in infrastructure. So the investor will pay for that certificate. And then when that certificate matures, there's a statutory period. When that statutory period expires, the investor will then be given a tax deed to that property. Now, if there are no investors willing to buy that tax certificate, that tax certificate, once the statute expires, reverts to a committee within each county in South Carolina called the Forfeited Land Commission. And then the Forfeited Land Commission's job is to dispose of those properties. So I'll give you a recap. This was 315-acre property. Just over the Mecklenburg County Lancaster County border, that I assembled over about a three year period from 2005 to 2007, I guess is a couple year period that we got it all assembled. We purchased that property for seven and a half million. Six months later, we sold that property to a developer for $18.9 million. All of this is documented. I'd be more than happy to share. The, the actual receipts and the wires with you but six months later we sold that property for $18, $9 million. Six months after that the developer that purchased it from us had sold twenty million dollars worth of pre-sold lots to the general public uh, people were paying up to three hundred thousand dollars for a lot to build their dream hunt heck they were gonna have a five million dollar swimming pool that had a lazy river waterfall the whole nine yards outdoor amphitheater Tennis. It was really, really going to be a top-end development. The real estate downturn happened in 2008, and to make a long story short, it imploded. So the developers stopped paying their taxes. At that point in time, the clock starts ticking. The county tried to sell the tax certificates, but there were no buyers because everybody knew that this was a very complicated deal, and they didn't figure they'd ever be able to get a way out of it. So I started watching the project again because initially I had assembled that and I knew that the project existed. I knew what had gone on. So we watched it from 8, 9, 10, 2012. I started getting interested in it because the statutory period that would bar any challenges was coming up in the state of South Carolina. So in 2014, uh, November 7th, After months of talking to the forfeited land commission and to the delinquent tax assessor's office on a basically daily basis, the developer did not redeem their forfeited uh, land commission deeds, and so the forfeited land commission took title to that property. I use the word title loosely because they didn't really take the deed, they just took the rights to the property. The next morning, I went down to Lancaster County and negotiated to buy those properties from the Forfeited Land Commission, which we did. We ended up buying 65 lots that were in the development that were not owned by citizens. And remember, the citizens had paid up $300,000 for a lot. We bought those 65 lots for $1,250 a lot. So now my job really started you know, full speed. We had to unravel uh, this extremely complicated real estate deal. It was like trying to take a spider's web apart. You can only take it apart one strand at a time or you're going to get caught in the middle of it. So this was a very, very complicated deal and I'm not an advocate for getting yourself in the middle of complicated deals, but this is just an example about how complicated deals can really work out to the good. So after that, we had to add uh, completing of infrastructure. We had to go through settlement of a lot of lawsuits that the citizens had filed with the county, getting things uh, re-approved from the county because it had been dormant for a period of five years, and we didn't know if the water lines in the ground were still going to be able to hold pressure of the sewer lines and all of that. So we spent and invested another $26,000 per lot. So now we're in the the lots for about $28,000, and over a four-year period, we got all the citizens uh, that were aggrieved, we got them on board, formed a formal HOA, and finished the development. Uh, Last week, or two weeks ago, we closed on those, and a national builder paid us $150,000 a lot. Now, the question is, why didn't the national builder go in there and solve the problem themselves? And the answer is, that's not what national builders do. That's what real estate investors do. And that's how you can create a tremendous amount of value investing in dirt and re-entitling dirt and solving problems that nobody else is willing to solve or that nobody else takes the time to figure out how to solve So that was our big deal this year that we just completed. The second thing, and you've probably seen some videos on this one from us, was our project in South Park. We acquired this project, had a 55,000 gallon swimming pool in the back with a basketball court, 5,100 square feet. We paid 660,000 for it. Our renovation was a little over $275,000. And we sold it before completion for 1.2 million at which time the person that had bought it did upgrades for another $100,000. So we got the highest price once again ever paid in a neighborhood per square foot. So it is not unusual when Travis and I go into a neighborhood to break the bank on the price per square foot in the neighborhood. And again, it's because... There's only one way to do these renovations, and that's the right way. So, Travis, why don't you tell us about the Chatham deal, because that was a great deal for you, too.
1: Um, so we purchased—this um, so is our first—the acquisitions in Charlotte were getting pretty difficult last summer um, and have maintained to be so. But um, So we decided to go out on a new adventure and do a spec build, which is a speculation build. For those of you who don't know, it's— um, where you make a speculation that if you put a certain product in so there are buyers out there looking for that product that don't want to have to wait to build that product. So we went out and picked up a place for $275,000 and we tore it down and we worked with um, another local builder here um, and partnered up and went in to go build a, build a new house. So we got it knocked down and kind of came into winter. Uh, the process wasn't quite as fast as necessarily we would have liked it to be. Um, we had actually a relatively rough winter in Charlotte, uh, relatively to what, what Charlotte North Carolina usually sees. But we put the product together um, and it started coming together nicely. We put in some interesting design cues and stuff like that. We actually did a, uh, what's called a Scandinavian shiplap wall in there. Uh, did all custom light fi- uh, fixtures and features, hardwood floors, um, marble in the kitchen, uh, quartz countertops, and it came together really, really well. Um, we initially thought we could sell the property right around the $2.949 marker. We came across um, some other builders in the area, um, I guess it's just the larger volume they're doing, they're able to kind of they're able to build it at a lower price per square foot. Now, the determination when you walk through some of those other homes would be that they're probably not built to the quality of the product that we really wanted to bring to the market. Uh, unfortunately, there's not necessarily, not all buyers are educated to the level that um, builders and or professional real estate investors and or realtors uh, typically are. So we we listed it up and we are now under contract on it. Um, I think we ended up all in on the on the project for right around. Um, I think it was like around seven eighty, and we're under contract uh, at eight fifty or so on it. So we're in that neighborhood. Um, so it it was a, it was a, an excellent learning experience. We were learned a lot about um, you know what all goes into to that type of a project in the speculation build. The I don't know that it's necessarily the best return on your investment when you start looking at the time cost of money. Um like I said, we did pretty good on it and we're gonna make some reasonable ROIs on it, but the, the total project was nearly a year in length. Um so where I think it'd probably be better going after some of the other types of projects that Tim literally just mentioned, um where you kind of gotta can get in and out of those windows a little bit faster. So even though you know this is a success and it did follow the model um, that we did plan for it, it took a little bit longer to, to get all the, the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed. So I, you know a big lesson I learned throughout this process is really that you've gotta consider the time cost of your investment at, at all times. Um so making you know 12 or 15% is great. If you can make seven percent in 30 days versus 15% in 12 months, you definitely want to take the 7% in 30 days. Uh, every single time, but this was a great project. It was fun to do. It came out fantastic. Um, so it was, it was an interesting learning experience. I don't know that I will personally revisit it. Um, the, mainly because of other limiting factors in this market right now, um, and I know you've come across this too. The labor factor in Charlotte's just extremely difficult.
0: Yeah, things are things are tough right now from a supply our perspective. T- our trades are the, tough. The, the, the market is is so active. Uh, so many people trying to uh, do the impossible that uh, trades are book solid. The trades are charging the maximum that the market will bear at this point in time. So as in any uh, business, things run through cycles, and we're certainly at the top of a cycle. Um, so one of the things we're considering now is kind of uh, uh, dropping back and reassessing um you know should we go to some cash you know if people are willing to pay us top dollar for these assets currently which they are should we sell some of those and just sit on the sidelines with some cash and wait for the next cycle to present itself as a buying opportunity Uh, back to top four and five when we were talking about the projects that we were completing The last project that we had that uh, we were in the middle of was a rezoning on an infill area, about three and a half acres in the Coxwold area of Charlotte uh, that we had purchased for $270,000. We put about $75,000 into it, getting it rezoned. We were successful, got a a successful vote with city council. So now we have a property that we can build 15 single-family homes on. We're in the process now of sending out the bid packets to the horizontal uh, developers, the contractors that will actually do the work. What's the the horizontal? The horizontal is just getting the land ready to be uh, built on. So when you've got a piece of dirt, you know, you can't just run in there and start sticking houses up wherever you want to. You've got to have it engineered, you've got to have the soil compacted. you've got to have BNP pond install desire, your water sewer hookups, all of those things, and that's part of the rezoning and the bid packages that go out for people that do the dirt work, the site grading, for example. If you've seen the big earth, earth movers and bulldozers, those are the site grading people, very, very expensive. So one of the things we're at now is we're, we're getting our quotes in. We anticipate we'll have to spend somewhere between 300,000 to 500,000 on that piece of this project. But each of these lots at that point should be worth over $200,000. So we've got 15 lots worth $200,000. That's gonna put us at $3 million. So take our $270,000 acquisition, add to that uh, $270,000 plus the $75,000 for the rezoning plus, let's say, let's split it right in the middle, another $450,000 for the uh, horizontal. So that's a total of $795,000. So you take the $3 million that the lots will be worth minus your seven ninety-five, dollars make a sweet $2.2 2 million profit by just changing the value of the land. And that's a very, very important lesson that, you know, those numbers are almost overwhelming until you get into doing it. But like Travis said, you'd rather have a 7% return over a 30-day period than a 15% return over a year. It's just the math of it. So you've got to run your math. You've got to always make sure that your model accounts for every possible expense that you could have. And then whether it's a single-family rental, whether it's... A, Airbnb, whether it's re-entitlement of land, all of these things are encompassed in the greater real estate field. And that's where the fun is, figuring these things out. is really a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. And profitable.
1: Yeah. So um, a lot there for all different grades of investors, for sure, from, from the bottom all the way to the very complex. So thanks for sticking with us, guys, and hopefully we can get you guys out some uh, some more information in our next episode. We'll see you for another talk soon.
0: Have a good day.